Good morning, everyone. God is good. And all the time. Good, good. It's a blessing to be here. I want to thank you for your prayers and your support. And um, I believe this one that God is going to bless us as we share in the power of his word. Turn to the person sitting next to you. Look them in the eye. Straight in the eye. Okay? Uh, now, if they are not smiling, then that means there's a problem. Uh, look them straight in the eye. And share this with them. Neighbor, oh neighbor. Uh, that's going to be your next door neighbor in heaven. Neighbor, oh neighbor. I am so glad to see you. I believe you've had a great day. You look good. I say you look good. You smell good. Welcome to Camp Meeting 2013. Beloved, I want you to know that worship of God is a very serious business. It's the line between life and death. It's the line between someone getting to heaven or getting to... I take Christianity very, very seriously. And while it is good to say that you look good and smell good, and to say that it's good to be here in the house of God, I want to let you be aware that right now in your community, where... Right now, in your community, right now, in your society, right now in the country that we live in, there is chaos all over the place. I don't know about you, but when you open the, the newspaper in the morning, what do you see? Good news or bad news? Bad news. Did you say good news? bad news. Uh, as your children get up and decide to go to school, do you feel very safe uh, as you, you, you send them to the bus stop and, or drop them off? You, you think that everything is going to be okay? I, I just want you to know that our society is plagued with many vices. There is indeed a cosmic, cataclysmic battle going on in the world today. And the result is inevitable. From the drugs to the drunk. From the homeless to the helpless. From the domestic violence to the divorce. From the prisons to the pushers. From the crime to the grime. From the disease to the disease. From the rape to the gangs. Dare I say, from the abortion to the adultery. All over the place, there is unrest. There is chaos and unending misery. Restless all around. And the SEC president and his team have the audacity to say, make God known. For them to do that implies that they must have something, know about something, experience something that you and I 
either know or may not be aware of. The theme for our time here is making God known. However, the theme seems to suggest that if the cup fits, then wear it. The SEC's theme is so plain that anybody can decide to put on the cup. And so this morning, in our short discourse, I want to suggest that who is going to make God known? And then I suggest that it's going to be you. So just ask the person next to you, who, me? And then respond, yes, you. Because whether you like it or not, you are the one and I going to make the word of God known. Our test is taken from the book of Matthew. What book? Matthew, Matthew and the chapter is 5. Matthew chapter 5 and the verses are 13 to 16. Matthew chapter 5 verses 13 to 16. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And the word of God says, it says, you, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. It says, you, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine, therefore, before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. May I suggest to you this morning that people from all backgrounds, for how many backgrounds? People from all backgrounds and status are making known to the world what they believe in. Did you know that? Did you know that? From the animal activists. Did you know that animals have rights? From the animal activists. All the way to those who are opposed to genetically modified food. From the abortion rights to the gay rights movement, from the global warning enthusiasts to whatever you may think about, they are all making known to the world what they believe in. It was just recently on the news when I saw the GM activists charging onto farms and uprooting crops simply because they did not agree with the status quo. Can I say that people from all backgrounds, whether you are black or white, whether you are Indian or African, it makes no difference. People are making known what they believe in. Right here in Wales Prestatin, on Saturday, the 14th of July, 2001, eight people were arrested and one injured when approximately 40 people broke into Wales' remaining GM crop trial farm that was owned by farmer John Cottle. There I say, there I say that in Belgium, a lady by the name of Maggie Delvaux Mufu, a mother of three 
in her 40s from a Congolese origin set herself ablaze in protest against racism. I am saying people from all backgrounds, everywhere in the world, are making known what they believe in. Time will not permit me to share with you about who made their stand known as they littered Parliament Square. Oh, what about the what we call the London riot? When businesses and buses and personal belongings and public property were either set ablaze or desecrated in the name of making known people's feelings. However, there's one particular incident, brothers and sisters, moms and dad, that I would like to share with you this morning. The month was November. What month? November. The year was 2004. What year? 2004. The day was Saturday. The time was 3.50 a.m. The faithful British weather up to this time had been so great, so bad, that people had not had the opportunity to exercise their hands and legs. But on this particular day, the meteorologists had already informed us that the weather was going to be great. Many had flocked to B and Q to gather, to gather the last bargain in preparation for a barbecue. Others had gone into their sheds and rattled up and down to find out the few accessories in order to engage the day. After all, it's the British weather. And man and woman needed to make the best of it. For my faithful seven-day Adventists, at 3.50 a.m., they were all in bed, tucked under their duvet, enjoying the last snooze before daybreak. When the morning approached, Seventh-day Adventists donned in their best Sabbath apparel, put on their carefully chosen silky hats. The men putting on their cufflinks and their tie and adjusting their color on, on their shirts. Putting on their carefully chosen and shiny polished shoes marched on their way to church. But brothers and sisters, there I said that on that particular day, one particular man had lost sleep. His name was none other than Mr. Chick. Mr. Chick did not wake up that day because he couldn't sleep. According to Daniel chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar was so frustrated after the dream that sleep went away from him. That was Mr. Chick's experience. At 3.50 a.m., Mr. Chick did not put on his new jeans or his Armani top. Mr. G did not put on, Mr. Chick, pardon me, did not put on his two or three piece suit like I'm wearing, but rather Mr. Chick put on his carefully chosen Superman suit and made his way to the London Eye, one of the iconic attractions of Great Britain, and climbed up there. And for 18 hours, for how long? For 18 hours, shut down the London Eye, depriving over 20,000 paying 
ticket individuals from enjoying the lovely day with the beautiful attraction. The reporter asked, what was the purpose of all this distraction? Beloved, the subject under discussion is making known. According to the reporter, Mr. Chick said that he is being denied access to his four-year-old daughter by his former partner. And then he added, don't think that I'm a troublemaker or an attention seeker. I am simply trying to maintain normal father-daughter relationship. From the above examples, from the GM to the London riot to all the other riots you can think about, may I share with you that one thing is common. That all these people sought to make known what they believe in. They were passionate about what they believe in, but they used destructive tactics and methods to achieve their aim. The text that we just read in Matthew 5, 13 to 14, suggests otherwise. It is imperative to make God known. What did I say? As Christians, it is imperative, it is key, it is integral, it is fundamental that we make God known. After all, if God is not known, then what hope has this world got? I hear the saints say that Jesus is their answer. Is that right? Is that your belief? Well, if Jesus is your answer, then until Jesus is made known, then there is no answer. So to all the chaos in our society, to all the unrest, to all the hopelessness, until Jesus is made known, until God is made known, then there is no solution to the world. I am reminded of this story where an individual in a certain village stumbled against an antidote for a disease that was plaguing the village. Boys and girls, innocent children, lay almost at the point of death. And this particular man who had found the antidote somehow went in and made sure that his family were protected. And then every now and then, he came out to mourn with those who are dying, and yet he had the antidote. As Christians, we claim that Christ is the answer to the problems and challenges of this world. But somehow, until Christ or God is made known, then there is no hope for the hopeless. There is no cure for those who may want to have a cure to their dilemma. And so, brothers and sisters, I suggest to you that it is imperative that God is made known. I am, I am convinced without a shadow of doubt that making God known has been and still is the heart of the gospel. I thank God that at the point in earth's history when the picture of this earth looked gloom and God seems to be evicted out of the existence of this world, Galatians 4 verses 4 to 5 tells us that in the fullness of time, Christ came to this earth to redeem you and I. 
oh, brothers and sisters, Ellen G. White was so right. When talking about making God known, she made this statement in the book Gospel Workers, page 363. She said, talking about making God known, crisis method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed his sympathy for them, ministering to their needs and won their confidence. Then he bade them follow me. But many will ask, how did he mingle and how did he show his sympathy? She goes on to say that there is the need of coming close to the people by personal effort. If less time were given to sermonizing and more time were spent in personal ministry, greater results will be seen. The poor will be relieved. The sick cared for. The sorrowing and the bereaved comforted. The ignorant instructed. The inexperienced cancelled. We are to weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. Accompanied by, by the power of persuasion, the power of prayer, the power of the love of God. This work will not, cannot be without fruit. This morning, I want to share with you that the Seventh-day Adventist Church is doing great things in this country. From the soup kitchens to the cooking schools, the church is doing great. From the Adra collection, as you heard yesterday, to the many health screening events, the church is doing great. But I want to suggest to you that there's one thing that the church is not doing too great on. You see, beloved, it is so important for you and I to know that if we are not careful, we may become the signboard to eternal life. We may point so many people to the kingdom. The drunk will come in. The obesity will come in. Are you with me? The homeless will come in. Are you with me? The drug addict will come in. But you and I will not come in simply because sometimes we forget the purpose of our existence. The Bible talks about seven ways of making God known in Britain. The first one talks about witness or testifying. And that's found in Isaiah 43 verse 10. It says, you are my witnesses. Who? Who? You, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen. So the first way of making God known in Great Britain is one, to witness. The second way is to be the branch. Jesus said that I am the vine. And who are you? You are the branches. And your purpose of the branch is to bear fruit. When was the last time you saw the guava or the mango or the papaya tree bearing mango? And then turn and eat the mango. Your purpose is not for yourself. Your purpose is to glorify God. It's to be a blessing to someone else. Your purpose as a branch is to bear fruit. And if you're not bearing fruit, then you are wasting time and resources in the kingdom of God. The next aspect of making God known in the South England Conference to the British House is what we call the epistle, which is the instructing. Paul says that you are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Beloved, 
People are reading you day in and day out. People may buy a newspaper and sit down and read it next to you. But the best book that they can ever read is you. They read you when you cough. They read you when you sit down. They read you when you... They read you when you wink, and they read you in every aspect of your life. In fact, you are like a walking newspaper. Day in and day out, men and women are reading you. You are a written epistle, read by all men. Then the fourth one of making God known is that you are an ambassador. An ambassador does not represent himself. An ambassador is sent from one country to another. No wonder why the apostle says, that, brethren, this world is not our home. You are on transit. Don't feel, feel too comfy. You need to be in touch with headquarters and relay information from headquarters back down to earth. People want to see what God is like. They want to know what heaven looks like. And the Bible says that you are an ambassador representing Christ. No wonder why in 2 Corinthians 5.17, the apostle says that you are now a new he didn't say you're a new Mercedes, a new BMW. He didn't say that you're a new house, a new car. All he said that you're a new creation. Some old things have to go and some new things have to come because you are now an ambassador representing the king of kings and the lord of lords. The fifth of making God known is being a steward. A steward who is distributing the thing that God has given him or her. In 1 Peter 4.10, the apostle says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Then the last two of making God known is being the salt, preserving, and then being the light, illuminating. That is where we meet with our text this morning. The text suggests that you are the salt of the earth. Now, you see, beloved, we have become so used to going to Tesco's and Asdes and Neto and the M and S that we have forgotten the value of salt. You can put your hand in your pocket and for a pound or two pounds get a container of sea salt. Am I right? And so some of us have forgotten the value of salt. It is also imperative for us to know that because, Dr. Chidi, salt has been associated with what we call hyper Tension. Many of us have come to the idea that salt is associated with bad disease because of all the sicknesses that it comes with. But there I share with you that salt in those days was an essential commodity and still is an essential commodity. I want the church to know and my brothers and sisters to know that I have not yet been told not to eat salt. So should you invite me for lunch? I am expecting the food to be salted so that it, be, it can become palatable. But you and I will understand that when you taste food that has not been flavored with salt, how does it taste? Yes, you may take it in and have a good bite, and then just for the sake of hospitality. You know what I'm talking about. But the food needs to be salted. It needs to be palatable. The food needs to taste good. And that is one of the things that salt does. But beloved, let me share with you something about salt. 
I grew up in a salt area called, called, no, no, Accra is where I'm from. But in this particular place, that was close to the seaside, and for them to be able to make salt, they had a machine that would draw the water from the sea into a carefully arranged pond where the salt was set. And as the salt, the, uh, the water sat in that pond, the days passed by as the sun started to do its miracle on the water. And then from what I've been told, a process called evaporation took place. And over a period of time, the water crystallized. And then there was salt. But you see, for there to be salt, the water had to be drawn from the original source and put aside. And the water could not lose its properties. Because if it lost its property, no matter how the sun shone, it will not crystallize. Then I share with you that there were many mitigating factors that could prevent the water from crystallizing. And one of that was called H2O, known as water. It was water itself, but when the sun shone and the water began to crystallize, should it rain, then everything that is crystallizing begins to melt. Are you with me? However, when the sun was at its peak and evaporation took place and crystallization occurred, the salt was very hard. You couldn't take it with your teaspoon. You couldn't shake it out. In fact, even a knife could not break through. You needed a pickaxe or a digger. Beloved, when Christians are exposed to the sun of righteousness, when you and I are exposed to the sun of righteousness, nothing else can happen except that we are going to get stronger and crystallize and become immovable, strong and standing in the sight of God. In a world that is full of chaos, the Bible said that we need someone to stand with their face to the foe. Someone who will stand with their face to the needle and no matter if, if the whole world should fall, they'll still stand straight. Uh, can I also share with you that many of us, many of us as Christians, are allowing or exposing ourselves to all kinds of agents. Just as that pond of water needed to expose itself to the sunshine to crystallize, can I say that many of us as Christians are unable to make known to this, our community, to our homes, our homes and our community, simply because we are exposing ourselves to all kinds of agents. These days, I'm ashamed to say that sometimes our ladies walk around, both in the church and outside of the church, and you can see this and there, all over the place. Dare I say that is that the way to make God known? Can I say that our young men, oh boy, during my head days I had some muscles. But is there a muscle that God has not seen? When we come before God, it is our duty to expose ourselves to the sound of righteousness. God is not interested in how much boobs or how much bumps or how much sideways we have. God is interested in us being able to lift him up. Because the scripture says that when he is lifted up, then he will draw. Many of us, because of our exposure 
to all kinds of things, it is impossible to lift God up. Because the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 3.18 that by beholding, by beholding, beloved, we cannot lift God up to be the salt of the earth if you are not beholding him. And what's, that is one of the areas where as a church, with all our expos, with all our adram fan runs, with all our activities, it is impossible for us to be the salt of the earth simply because we have exposed ourselves to other elements that do not lead to the crystallization of biblical Christian character. Beloved, I want you to know that salt is good. Salt allows you to be able to have a tasty meal. Am I right? It is also said that salt preserves. I don't know about you, but when I lived in Ghana those days, if you had a sore on your foot, you didn't go near the salt pond. You know what I'm talking about? If you had a sore on your foot, you did not go near the salt. Because the moment you put your foot in the salt, whatever is in the process of decay is going to be corrected. You hold that foot and begin to jump up and down because the salt will begin to do its work. Salt preserves. For that which is already decaying, salt is able to pre prevent it from further decay. I don't know where your life is at this moment, but if you are going to make God known, then I will say get in touch with the salt. Salt is able to help us preserve what is already decaying. But if it's not decayed, then salt is able to keep it. In my country, we have a certain fish called Kobe. Kobe is literally just tilapia that has been salted. It is not dried, it is salted. Now, that salted fish can stay for ages. Do you know why? Because whilst it is salted, it acquires the qualities of preservation in the salt. But there's one wonder about salt which I want to share with you today. That the salt allows you to do extreme things. Oh, you didn't know that. I think it was just uh, some years ago when the conference, praise God, took us as ministers to Israel. And we had the privilege of getting in contact with a place called the Dead Sea. And as we walked there, I, I, I just thank God for the opportunity to be working on the places where the prophet and the man of God himself walked. And I, I, I stood there and they said, well, you can have a swim in the Dead Sea. Now, I, I didn't know that when salt becomes highly concentrated, it does miracles. Beloved, what I'm trying to say is that when God is in your life, when the son of righteousness exposes itself upon you and become concentrated with Christ, you do great things. You do great exploits for the master. And so I decided to take a little walk on the Dead Sea. And here's me now. Here's me now. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, without anybody behind me, it wasn't an angel. I saw myself just lift up like that and begin to float. What a marvel. When salt is concentrated, just by working on it, you can float. 
No wonder why the saints of God did great exploits for God. Because, beloved, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and the Son of Righteousness is upon you and you are filled with power and strength, what else can you do? But do great and marvelous things for the Master. You can heal the sick, resurrect the dying. You can pray for the water to be withheld. There's nothing that you and I cannot do if we are in touch with the Son of Righteousness. Being the salt of the earth is about you and I preserving the society in which we live in, where people have no choice. Oh, you didn't hear that. They have no choice because all they see is chaos. There has to be a difference in our community so that they can see and choose. Our role as Christians is to preserve the name of God in our society. We are meant to add taste to our community. If your community is tasteless because of your presence, then we cannot make God known. God needs to be seen as tasteful. No wonder why the psalmist says, come and taste. Where are they going to taste it from? Beloved, I am convinced that Romans 117 is a good text. It says that the just shall live by faith. That text is for the righteous because you know God. Can I ask a question? What happens to the unbelievers? How shall they live? By sight. By sight, my sister. You become their faith. Because when God works a miracle in your life and transforms you and changes your life, you become their faith because they can say that once I was a thief, but praise God because of Christ, now I am no longer a thief. You become their faith. So if the community is sitting around, and they cannot see Christ in you and I, then we have a problem. The text suggests that you are the light of the world. Beloved, time, time will not give us the opportunity to go into this text. But let me share with you that Jesus says he is the light of the world. By the way, do, do, do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus is the light of the world? Uh, you believe it with half or half or whole of your heart. Because, you see, if it is true, then we have a problem. In John, in John 8, verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And then he says something that is puzzling in John 9, 15. He says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Where is Jesus now? Is he, is he in the world physically? No. So if Jesus is not in the world, then Jesus needs a replacement for the light. And this text in Matthew 6 tells us that you are the light. I am talking about individuals who are bumping left, right, and center. And the Bible said that they do not know their left from their right. There is darkness all around, and people are confused. And the key word is, how do they find light? Is there any darkness in your community? Beloved, talk to me. Is there any darkness in your community? Yes. Oh, there is. Yes. Is there any, uh, any sickness in your community? Yes. Oh, 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 no, no, you didn't. Is there, uh, do you have any drunks in your community? Are you sure? Are you, do you have any domestic violence in your community? Yes. Do we have domestic violence in our homes? Yes. Hey, I'm telling you. 
The Bible says that you and I are the light of the world. And the purpose of the light is to present, prevent from stumbling. Many people have stumbled on their way to hell. Do you know why? Because you and I refused to be the light. Many people have gone to the grave. Do you know why? Because you and I refuse to shine the torchlight. We have the torchlight, but we only use it for us. And many in the community are dying. Today, brothers and sisters, I want to share with you, as we come to the end of our presentation, that God expects you and I to be the salt and the light of this nation, of our community, of our neighborhood, and of our homes. Today, I promise by the grace of God to be a light and a salt. First of all, to my wife and my four children, and then to my community, and then to the nation. Is there anyone else who wants to make that claim with me? Is there anyone else who wants to expose themselves to the son of righteousness? Anyone else? If your hand is up, please stand up for me. If your hand is up, please stand up for me. Our eyes are closed. Our kind, loving, and gracious God. Here we are at Camp Meeting 2013, wanting to make you known to the world. But we recognize that in many aspects, we have not lived up to our expectation. We are standing to rededicate and recommit our lives to you. We are asking you to make us over all again as we make ourselves available. Oh Lord, send your rays of power upon us. Touch and transform our lives. Illuminate our own lives so that as we walk in our community, people may know you and be blessed. So bless us to this end and keep us faithful. In the name of Jesus, I pray.